Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Elric was proving himself to be an accomplished polearm master and quite the ladies' man as he regaled his date with tales of living in castles, adventuring, and his feelings about sleeping inside versus outside. Oh boy. Well, meanwhile, the rest of the party was causing a ruckus at the Lady Luck as they found themselves in a drunken chase through the crowded tavern. Cebu Timbers, who was supposed to be dead, has mysteriously reappeared in Esmia's life. And she was not happy to see him. The mysterious gnome was eventually apprehended and dragged outside. A frenzied and distraught wizard was beside herself. And the more this Timbers character talked, the worse things got. And before she could finish him, poof! He disappeared. Slow motion stage dives were not successful. Bar chase fiddle music was requested. Long solos were interrupted. Mellows were harshed. Meanwhile, back at the River Shining, our silver-tongued eldritch knight and his loose lips proceeded to sink ships as his date revealed that she was betrothed to none other than the infamous bandit Cletus. That's right. Head on a pike, Cletus. Wow. Even I saw that coming. Elric's night of debauchery quickly turned into a naked debacle. And though he seemed to enjoy the thrill of battling in his birthday suit, Clementine was no pushover. And our naked, drunk, and poisoned partier barely survived. Will Esbia and Pepper be reunited? Who is Uma Thurman, and did she really run down a handrail? And who is Bill? How is carrying a guy out of a bar by his arms performance art? And what exactly is a crapola and a crapola of crapolas? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. The night began with a festive and crowded gathering at the Lady Luck Tavern, where it seemed like almost the whole town showed up to celebrate the news that a red wizard was captured, and to celebrate that things may be soon returning to normal along the Sword Coast. But the night ended quite differently, with Elric in a hotel room beheading his date and then passing out from poison and blood loss, while Esmir, Colin, and Jake chased and caught a ghost from Esmir's past, a gnome named Cebu, who Esmir thought had died 15 years ago alongside her fiancé. And before he escaped, he revealed that he kidnapped her fiancé for a mysterious client, whose identity he would not reveal. 
And now we see, outside the Lady Luck, Cullen, Jake, and Esmir, who is crying in Jake's arms. Okay. I want to try to calm her down and not really ask her too much and say, at some point, Esmir, my friend, I would hope that you would confide in me uh, enough to let me know who this Pepper person is. Okay. I'm just really upset, and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's not even possible. Oh, jeez. So Esmir's kind of in, like, shock disbelief. So we should probably go back to Istables and... Hey, you know what I'm wondering is how Elric is getting on, because it's been some time since he left, and, uh, you know... I don't know if he was planning on coming back or not. I think he's off uh, having a a good time rolling in the hay with that woman he left with. So I think that he's off having a good time. And right now my concern lies with our uh, gnome friend. Yeah, let's go back to Istavos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you guys leave the Lady Luck. You can hear the music and reverie still going on inside. And you make your way into the dark and quiet streets of Daggerford. You slowly head down Wall Street and soon arrive at Sir Estival's house. You quietly make your way inside the dark house and light a candle when you uh, suddenly hear the sound of movement upstairs. Then, a moment later, you see candlelight illuminate the second floor balcony, and you hear Sir Istival's voice. Elric, is that you? It is us, Sir Istival. We've returned, hoping that Elric would be here already. Come down and speak to us, please, sir. Okay, and he starts making his way down the stairs. He's wearing his robe and holding a candle, and he says, uh, Ah! You're back. I heard there was quite a gathering at the Lady Luck. How was your night of celebration? It was terrible, Listy. It was terrible. It, it started awful. off all right, but it 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 uh, it didn't end that way. And uh, it took a turn for the worst. And we're looking for Elric. He hasn't shown up. Well, no. I I I thought he was with you. Hmm. He must still be in the sack. He went off with a young lassie. He may be gone throughout the night. Ah, well, you know, a young, handsome nobleman out on his own for the first time. I'm sure he's uh, having a nice evening with his lady friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you guys? You you all look like you've seen a ghost. Is everything all right? We need to talk, Isti. Well, please, sit. Tell me, tell me, what, what has happened? I don't even believe it. I can't even believe it. I don't even know how to believe it. What don't you believe? I saw a ghost. A ghost? Do you remember Do you remember when I told you about Pepper? No, I, I don't recall that tale. Tell me about uh, Pepper. Pepper was my one closest, dearest friend and soon to be betrothed. He was a cleric. And he had a... Uh, apprentice named Sibu 
and they left to go to uh, Suzale. They left to go to Suzale together to go bless some gems or something like that. I don't know, just clericy stuff. And they never came back. We were told that they were beaten to death and their ashes were brought back to our home. And guess who I saw today? You, you saw one of them. The stupid Zebu. Hmm. And he's alive and he said that he caused Pepper's death. Or maybe he's not dead. I don't know, Isti, but things are going bad. Real bad. So, so let me get this straight. You, you ran into someone who you thought was dead, and that person confessed to being responsible for your Pepper's death or disappearance? Cebu was saying something about leading him into a trap and the behest of someone else, as though he were hired to pretend to be his friend, his, uh, his student, in order to get close enough to him so that he could spirit him away. Now, whether he's dead or alive is not known. By the light of Lathander, this must be... This must be shocking news to you, Esmia. Yeah. And you know what? You know what, Isti? I'm not a vengeful person, but I think I'm going to start to be one. Now, now let's, let's not let emotions cloud your mind, Esmia. Though this is indeed news that could drive you to, to despair or, or madness, you must keep a clear head so that you can put the pieces together. There must be a reason why this, this Cebu committed this heinous ruse. But why? Why would they need Pepper? Pepper was a good person. And you know well, what? He's a cleric, you said. Maybe he knew something about... Uh, some mystery that they needed solving, and he had the answers. I assume your Pepper was a cleric of Garo Glittergold. Yeah, man. The only one worth following. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 you know what they say, all that Garl's glitters, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of luck to me. You know, it's the... I don't like bad guys, you know that, right? Yes, I do. I don't like goblins, and I don't like kobolds, but there's only one thing worse, and that's a bad guy gnome. When gnomes go bad, it's bad, and you know what? They're a disgrace to all all fae creatures. Yes, it's it's very rare for gnomes to be evil. But when they are, it's it's bad. So, I know that my all of my teachings in those years were all under Agma, but would I have known anything about this Garl guy, or... Um... Well, you don't know too much, but uh, you know that Garl Glittergold is the main gnomish god, right? And that he is the deity of luck, protection, and trickery. More of these gods of glitter and gods of luck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sir Istival says, uh, no, my dear Esmia, if I may, I know this is indeed a devastating event. I can see that it has rekindled a deep sadness from within you. But perhaps this event can be viewed from a different perspective, that this encounter is actually good news, as it is a glimmer of hope that your pepper is perhaps still alive. 
Oh, I hope so. And I look at you, Esmir, and I think, who better to solve this mystery and find this missing pepper than, than a Cormirian war wizard and her most uh, capable and brave companions? I, I'll help you find him. Okay. Whether if my life could be traded for his, I'll do it. Okay, if we ever see Cebu, he's mine. Let me tell you, Esmir, if... If I've learned anything from all my years of, of traveling and adventuring, it's that everything happens for a reason. Right, and you know how I feel about Koinkitinkis too, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. And I also know that you are not the religious sort, Esmir, but I believe that the gods have a plan for all of us. And as strange as it may seem at times, it is in this uh, strangeness where their plans unfold. Listen to me, Esmir. I, I must confess that I do know a bit about your life, for I still have eyes and ears in the court of Cormir. And you, Esmir, you are an anomaly. Do you ever ponder the strangeness that you are the only gnome in the ranks of the war wizards? Yeah, I just figured they finally started wising up. But, you know, I don't know. I don't like to try and figure people out. Yes, well, you, you do realize, Esmir, that you are the first. And even with the other mages, you know, raising their eyebrows and rolling their eyes, that Gan... Which I personally enjoyed. I enjoyed <laughs> watching them do that. Yes, I, I'm sure you did. But... Ganrahast allowed you in without a single petition of recruitment. That has never been done before. Don't you find that strange? I figured it was just part of the way things were supposed to happen. Yes, perhaps. But then after that, after breaking that tradition and causing so much fuss, Ganrahast stops your training and sends you off to train a boy in the little-known fiefdom called Albion. And then, years later, you find yourself in the middle of nowhere helping a, a friend of that boy's father. And then, in the middle of that nowhere, where you are battling for perhaps the very fate of Faerun, the cause of your grief appears and lays before you a glimmer of hope. No, my dear Esmir, I feel it in my bones that you are on the right path. A path that I feel has been laid out for you by a, by a higher power. Okay. She doesn't believe in omnipotence, do you? Well, I do believe in the, uh, the reasons for things is the reasons for them. <laughs> <laughs> and a timey-wimey, wiggly-wobbly thing. That things go the way they're supposed to go. But I can accept that. But the cost for me was utter dis despair. And I don't like that. And if somebody did that to me on purpose, well, they're going to suffer real bad. I'm sorry. It's going to be bad. Well, I'm sure they'll have it coming. But... Things will work out, Esmir. Take heed to these wise words of the Morning Lord Lathander. 
Bet your bottom copper the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Do you that's, like that? That's, that's one of my favorite pearls of wisdom <laughs> from his teachings. I roll my eyes. I think, I think I might make that into a song. <laughs> now, I think you should all get some rest. We can uh, discuss this further when your heads are clear and sober, yes? Yes. Okay. And then I'm going to say, ah, oh, thanks, guys. And then I'm going to, like, go, come on, guys. Group hug, guys. Come on. <laughs> Group hug, guys. And then uh, I say, thanks, guys. So I go into this group hug, um, but I make this little smirky comment about, uh, you know, her having the sweet, yes, I guess we have to go back to our tiny room, the three of us. <laughs> Enjoy your sweet. And then I just wink, because I know that you're kind of in despair, so. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw in a jab. Well, you could you use some company. You know, I could, you know... So you don't feel so alone. Hey, you know what, kid? That's not a bad idea. I think that would be comforting to me. Just this one night, you can sleep on the floor by the drafty window. <laughs> Sounds comfy. <laughs> I'm going to finish up my constitution saving throw, and I just swig my drink back. <laughs> Good night, all. Yes, yes. Good night, everyone. Sleep well. And then when we go up into the room, I'm going to give... I'm going to give Cullen my plus one dagger, and I'm going to ask him to carve the name Cebu in it. I know you like doing stuff like this. Will you do this project for me? Oh, absolutely. That'll be no problem. Because this is the knife I'm going to use to gut him when I find him. Aye. guys slowly awake the next day, feeling foggy and a little bit hungover. And Jake, as you slowly crawl out of bed, you realize that even though you're tired from, you know, last night's festivities, you're actually feeling better than you have since you left Filand Lodge. Did I actually slept through the night? Yeah, you got a good night's sleep oh. and you no longer have any levels of exhaustion. So what caused it. It was something... It's got to be something in my backpack. It's that damn sculpture. It's the, the... octopus? Cthulhu sculpture. Yeah, maybe. And as you're, you know, rubbing the sleep out of your eyes, you guys also quickly realize that Elric is not in your room. And it doesn't look like uh, his bed was slept in either. Oh. I said he was going to a fine hotel. I, I, I imagine he got a good night's sleep. Yeah, and they have a continental breakfast there, too, I think. Mm. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we should go down and get breakfast and wait for him to arrive. Yeah. Um, oh, may, he may already be down there. Let's go get some breakfast. I need a cup of coffee. All right, so you guys make your way downstairs, and you find Sir Istival and Riley uh, sitting at the dining table playing a game of Lanceboard. And Sir Istival looks up and sees you, and he says, Ah, you're finally up. I was afraid you were going to sleep all day. It's it's almost midday. And where's Elric? Is he still sleeping? He never returned. Maybe he had too much fun. Hmm. Well, I'm sure he's fine. He's probably being a gentleman and treating his new lady friend to a nice breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we cut to the completely trashed room at the River Shining Inn uh, with broken furniture, gouged walls, slashed paintings, and, you know, and feathers and blood just everywhere. And we move closer to the bed and see nestled in between some blood-soaked pillows the decapitated head of Clementine. Yeah. Then we see on the floor the naked and cut-up body of Elric lying motionless on a blood-soaked bearskin rug. <laughs> then we hear... Hello? Is anyone in there? It's way past checkout time. <laughs> Am I unconscious or does this bring me out? That wakes you up. Okay. Yeah. And you, uh, you know, you slowly open your eyes and you immediately feel like crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your head is pounding, your body's aching, and your, you know, your guts feel like they're all twisted up. Okay. You need to call Mr. White, man. I know, I feel like we're in a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> and then you remember uh, where you are, right? And what happened last night. And then you hear more knocking. Hello? Is anyone still in there? Oh, man. <clears throat> what a brilliant night. All right, I bet, I guess I better get to the door. Uh, <laughs> I don't even bother dressing. I just kind of use my glaive to lever myself up, and then I open up the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you open the door, and you see the concierge, and he's holding a set of keys, and he's like, he's bent down, right? Like he was just about to stick the key into the door, and when you open the door, the first thing he sees is your noble junk. <laughs> <laughs> And he quickly straightens up. Sir, please, for the love of the gods, show some decency, man. Don't you have clothes? Yeah, I have a cloak. I'll put a cloak on. Yes, okay. please. I sit naked with the cloak on. Cloak of many fashions on. <laughs> Blood all over the place. And it's my Albion nobility cloak. <laughs> okay. And as you uh, go to put your cloak on... I, he sees the trashed room, and his jaw drops. And he drops the keys. What, what have you done to this room? Well, <laughs> and then he looks, and then he looks at the bed, and he gasps. <gasps> what have you done to this woman? Yeah, I figured that was going to raise some questions, but she tried to kill me. <laughs> she tried to kill you. Yes, yeah, she pulled a knife out on me, and I managed to pull my glaive out of the astral plane in time. We had a huge naked knife fight. Uh, but I managed to get the better of her. Well, I can see that. So how much... No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. <laughs> no harm, no foul. Uh, I got gold. If you want gold, I can give you gold to clean up this room with and whatnot. And he's, he starts walking around the room. He's checking out. It's, he's just checking everything out. And he's like, you... You nobles, you think you can do whatever you want and then just fix all your your problems with money. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, cleaning up your mess is going to cost you a lot of gold, Mr. Fancy Cloak. Okay. How much is a lot? <laughs> well, this mess will cost you 200 gold. Ouch. I can afford that, but, uh... <laughs> but I don't want to. I'll try to talk you down some. Although I'll be rolling at a disadvantage. Talk me down? Look at this room. The, the bed is destroyed. The, the paintings are ruined. There's blood everywhere. 
I mean, everywhere. <laughs> well, I think the blood improves that painting of the dogs playing cards, though. <laughs> but first you destroy this room, and now you insult my, my taste in art? How dare you? I'm going to try to say, can you bring it? How much did he say it was? 200 gold? That's right. 200 gold to clean up your mess, mister. All right, let's see if we can bring it down any. Uh, what do I need to roll? Persuasion. Uh, persuasion. Here we go. That's not bad. Fourteen. Okay. So, uh, how are you gonna? How are you going to persuade him to drop the uh, to drop his price to clean this up? What do you say? That this will clean up quicker than you think it will. This, you know, I've seen lots of blood over the past <laughs> couple of ten days, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bed will clean up nicely. The floor will clean up nicely. I don't know about the paintings. Uh, get a restoration artist on that. Uh, paintings? But, uh, what What about this decapitated woman? Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. There's, but, uh, what do you mean you completely <laughs> forgot about it? Well, How you know. you forget about it? I don't know. I've chopped apart so many people. Uh, creatures, not people. Creatures. All bad creatures, except for bandits. But, uh... His, his eyes widen with, like, a look of shock, right? And he slowly steps away from you towards the door. He says, Listen, I know who you are. You're one of Sir Istival's friends who liberated Jolkin from the goblin invaders. The whole, the whole town is all abuzz about how you guys are heroes who captured a red wizard. Well, if you want me to clean up your mess here and keep your hero image, you're gonna have to pay me 200 gold. All right, all right, I'll give you 200 gold, as long as I can get dressed and be on my way. Deal, now pay up. Let me go my inventory. This is definitely not like the, um, John Wick Hotel. No, <laughs> Continental. Not at all. Okay, so, uh, okay, I've uh, subtracted 200 gold. Wow. We're going to have to steal that back. All right, he takes the gold and he, and he says, very well, be on your way and do not ever return to the River Shining Inn. You oh, are- I may. <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer welcome here. That's okay, because I might buy a place in town. I like it here. Oh, so. Well, fine. <laughs> then you can trash your own place and clean up the bodies yourself. Now, good day. Okay, cool. So I get dressed. <laughs> still wearing my Albion nobility cloak with my glaive in my hand. And, <laughs> like a uh, rock star. Like a rock star. <laughs> I'm going to stagger out and make my way back to Sir Istables. All right. Elric heads out into the noonday sun and bustling streets of Daggerford. And meanwhile, uh, back at Sir Istival's, the rest of the party is having a late brunch and uh, getting over their hangovers. And then while we're having coffee, I'm going to draw the portal that I saw in, in uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Fegar. Fegar in Thegar's mind. And I'm gonna try and draw the creature that I saw in his mind as well. Okay, uh, Sir Istival says, yes, yes, good idea, Esmir. And he uh, pulls out some parchment and ink and he sits down next to you and he uh, uh, sips his tea and watches you draw these things. 
Yes, yes, very good. I will bring your drawings to Lord Flotion later today. If anyone knows portals, it's Lord Flotion. And uh, as you guys are doing this, you all hear the front door open. And then, a moment later, a disheveled Elric enters the room. Morning, y'all. What's shaking? <laughs> what happened to you, boy? Well, funny story, true story. Uh, <laughs> you know that lady I left with, that Clementine? Well, ah, turn- Clementine. Oh, she yes. looked like quite a comely lass. Oh, she was. Did you have a problem with the protection I gave you? <laughs> I hope you used it. It was woolly inadequate. <laughs> well, turns out she was Cletus's sister. Oh, and, uh, no, there was something just bad about her. And I kind of, sort of, and quite literally told her that we cut off Cletus's head, stuck it on a pike, and put his underwear on his head. I but don't that think you well. probably heard that with the right sort of state of mind. No, but, but, but you know, in my defense, I didn't know she was Cletus's sister at the time. So uh, if I'd have known, I wouldn't have told her. But as it turns <laughs> out, she, and she poisoned me. Poison? She yeah, poisoned she poisoned you? me. She poisoned me and tried to knife fight me. I mean, she was like a belt and suspenders kind of gal. <laughs> and when she pulls out a knife, we get into this naked knife fight. It was awesome. Uh, and, uh, but I like got the, the better of it. That of awesome. <laughs> that should I, be the name of our group, the Naked Knife Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I managed to chop off her head. I was thinking about sticking her underwear on her head, but I thought that might look weird to the hotel people if I did that. Yeah, uh, that would so, totally throw things off. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm back and I'm hungover as all hell, and we gotta leave for Joking tomorrow or someplace like that. We going to Joking so first before we go to Emerald. You just left your hotel room in. Well, I got dressed. Body. Well, <laughs> I we can see you're dressed. Um, There's a bloody corpse laying in a hotel room across town. Oh, the hotel staff will take care of that. I had to pay them a steep fine. Oh, um, that's all you they do is they give you a fine? Yeah, that's for... it. I'm, I'm really surprised. I thought Sherlin would be there. She probably still have want to have words with me. And unfortunately, no one saw this knife fight occur. But uh, yeah, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you look over and you see that, uh, that Sir Istvil, he's just uh, slowly shaking his head like a, like a disappointed parent. <sighs> she was probably looking for us. Probably. I don't think it's a coinky dinky that you ended up in the bed with her. I no. Sir Istifel did say that there, there aren't any coincidences. That's true. But he got that from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inclined to believe that now. Well, we were just going to get ready to go shopping, you see, for a big journey tomorrow. So maybe you should wash up and uh, come on down and grab some hard tack. Okay. Yes, good idea, Sir Jake. Go get yourself cleaned up, Elric, and then we shall go over the journey to Firehammer Hold. But be quick about it. The day is half over, and you still need to pick up supplies and prepare for the trip. Okay, excellent. All right, so Elric uh, heads upstairs to get cleaned up while the rest of you, you know, you continue to lounge around Sir Istival's. Hey, uh, uh, Esmir... Esmir needs to, um, she's feeling a little insecure, so she's going to pull out her gray bag of tricks. 
I need a friend, guys. I know you guys are my friends, but I need another friend. Badge, badge. My money's on badge, badge. I'm going with Wheezy. It's Giant Rat. Oh. oh. Whiskers, it's been so long, boy. Hello, Rat Rat. All right, so the Giant Rat appears, and you His guys... His name is Whiskers. Uh, sorry, Whiskers <laughs> joins you guys. And, uh, and Riley... Uh, she's especially excited by uh, this fluff ball turning into a creature, and she begins, you know, playing with whiskers. And then uh, you hear Stina say, "Riley, don't, don't play with a dirty rat." He's not dirty, <laughs> Stina. He's perfectly fine. Look at him. Well, I suppose since it's a magical rat. And then I scratch him under the chin. <laughs> And after a little while, Elric makes his way back down and joins you guys. And Sir Istival says, uh, good, uh, all, we're all here now. Let us discuss your trip. And he uh, unfurls a map on the table of the Delambeer Vale. And he says, all right, so from Daggerford to Firehammer Hold, it is approximately 250 miles. So if all goes well, it should take you about eight days. Okay. Wow. That's a long trip. Yes, and don't forget the eight-day return trip, so make sure you purchase enough rations. Okay. About 14, 15 days of rations. And what about the side quest we're going to take um, to that wizard castle thingy? Uh, won't that add some days on? I so we'll probably want to get at least 20 days of rations. Okay. If we take That's a cool. detour, we may need the extra rations. Yeah, so that makes sense. Very good. Now, let's discuss the caravan you'll be escorting to Jolkin. Kelson Darktreader will be leading the expedition, which will include about 20 Daggerford soldiers and about two dozen workers and refugees who will be tasked with rebuilding the broken palisade and preparing the village for uh, rehabilitation. Uh, hopefully by its previous occupants, Lathander Willing. And if all goes well, uh, more caravans will soon follow. Now, once they've arrived safely to Jolkin, you four will continue east towards Firehammer Hold. Along the way, you will encounter a small town called Secumber. This town now is, is not much to speak of as it has fallen on hard times over the past few decades. But it will still provide some comforts of civilization. There are shops to, uh, you know, resupply and uh, an inn to rest. Now, I also know that in recent years, Secumber has become sort of a hub for adventurers who want to make a name for themselves. The reason is because Secumber is close to both the High Moor and the High Forest. Both places are ripe for adventure because they are known to contain ancient places filled with all manner of strange monsters. But thankfully, you will be avoiding both these places uh, because once you leave Secumber, you'll head north on the Iron Road to the eastern side of the Forlorn Hills. And there in the foothills sits a small town called Luven, Aluven is about 50 miles uh, from Secumber, so if you ride hard, uh, you may make it there by nightfall. Though I don't know if it will be worth the effort, because I've heard that Aluven is not much more than a ghost town these days, 
Ever since the town was attacked by a black dragon several decades ago, uh, it has had a difficult time recovering, and most of its citizens left for other parts of Faerun. Uh, then uh, it's about 40 miles from a Leuven to Firehammer Hold. Now, the Hold has been a temple fortress since ancient times. This is no village or castle ruins. It is an impenetrable fortress built by dwarves that has withstood uh, countless attacks over the centuries and has never fallen. And, you know, that gives me some solace that Jack is fine and that I'm just being paranoid. But better to know these are strange days. Now, once you arrive, uh, tell them you know Jack and myself, and they will accommodate you. Uh, unlike many uh, other dwarven enclaves, they are more open to outsiders, and they understand the needs of travelers. In fact, there is a hostile entrance built into the hold where you can go in and rest until an audience is granted. Well, that's the route to Firehammer Hold. Uh, any questions? No, I think we got it. I mean, uh, it sounds too easy. I have a bad feeling about Ulevin. <laughs> Place that's been attacked by a black dragon doesn't. Ooh, yeah, and it's yeah. nestled in the on the outskirts of the Forlorn Hills. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, the dragon attack happened decades ago. The dragon has long since moved on. I'm telling you, it's got bad juju. <laughs> yes. Well, you should be cautious, regardless, for the north is still a wild and untamed part of Faerun. Uh, so now, now that you know the route, uh, you need to prepare. The day is half over and you still need to resupply. Yeah. Oh, shoot. We got stuff to do, guys. Yes. And I need to make sure the caravan is ready to go. So I'll be off. And remember, the caravan leaves at the crack of dawn. So make sure you get plenty of rest and I'll see you then. Don't be late. Hey, is Isti? Yes, Esmia. Hey, do you think you can help us find an apartment or like a little condo or something in town? Well, I, I suppose, though that may be difficult. You know, Daggerford is still packed. Okay, because we got a lot of stuff to do. Maybe while we're gone, you can maybe find a place for us with a four bedrooms. Four bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, not a two bedroom, please. We need a flushable indoor privy. <laughs> well, don't get your hopes up, but I'll keep an ear open for any opportunities. Thanks, bud. Let's go sell these evil trinkets I have in my backpack. What you say? <laughs> we have to go see Dolphin. And we got, yeah, we got. I got some questions for Dolphin. Because I need to buy healing potions and twinkling pipeweed. That's all you need, man. <laughs> so you guys enter the Trade of Tools, the dusty and disheveled shop owned by the storekeeper named Bohush, or as he likes to be called, Frank. And Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank, yes. And uh, as you enter, Uncle Frank pops up from behind a pile of junk and he smiles when he sees you. Hey, look who it is. My favorite customers. Come in, come in. Hello, Uncle Frank. Good to see you again. Hey, Uncle Frankie. How you doing? 
I'm doing quite well, thank you. Business is picking up. All thanks to you guys clearing up the tradeway by getting rid of all those pesky raiders. Why, this whole town is in your debt. And to show my appreciation, I'm going to be extra generous when it comes to any persuasion rolls. In fact, you'll have advantage because I'm feeling good about the future and I'm feeling good about you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Uncle Frankie. We feel good about you, too. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to do business with such, you know, fine, upstanding adventurers as yourselves, uh, doing, you know, such good work for the community. Uh, speaking of, uh, I heard rumor that you four were helping escort that caravan to Jolkin tomorrow. Is that true? That is true. We are. Aye, that we are. We're going to protect those people all the way to Julkin. Do you have anything that could help out a daring adventurer on a, on a grim quest? Well, of course. My shop is filled with things that you can, well, you know, improvise with to <laughs> help you. I'm a fighter. I'm not MacGyver. Well, I'm sure. I, that... I like to improvise. Because, you know, I'm going to be a jazz musician and all. Is there a list of things that we could get to see what's for available? Well, it's just like last time you were here. Uh, you can purchase anything that's in the player's handbook. Mm. And uh, to see if there's anything special in here, uh, Esmir's going to have to do her, you know, trinkets yeah. of tingling routine. <laughs> trinkets of tingling. Esmir, over here. I have to go, I, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. And then I'm going to leave and I'm going to go and just... And I'm going to come out. <laughs> okay, so Esmir disappears in the back for a second. And then she comes out looking all uh, sly and uh, she starts to stealthily uh, point out to you guys the magical items in the store. And I brought uh, whiskers and I have like a little shopping bag around his neck because he's going to be like my shopping helper. Okay. All right. So uh, first there are the items that uh, were here last time. Uh, there's the clay pot that looks like what you'd plant something in to, to grow in, right? And there's the one gallon, you know, moonshine looking jug that has the 10 different cork spigots all around it. And you see those crazy looking goggles, remember, that kind of look like an owl's eyes and beak. And then there are those expensive $3,000 horseshoes uh, still hanging on the wall there. And then Esmir points out some new items that are tingling with magic. Uh, one of them is a padded, uh, kind of poofy orange vest that's going for 500 gold. There's a pair of fur-lined leather boots that are going for 300 gold. There's what looks like a scale, right, with two pans for weighing things in, right? One pan is uh, like a light metallic color and it's engraved with celestial symbols. And the other pan is kind of a darker metallic color, and it is engraved with fiendish-looking symbols. And the scale has a price tag of 500 gold. Then there is a small glass jar filled with what looks like ash, and it has uh, like a, a faded label on it that reads Mount Hotnow, and it's selling for 150 gold. 
and she points out a singular worn out leather glove that's going out uh, that's going for 250 gold and then there is another pair of boots and you pick them up and they're really heavy uh, they're a dark brown leather with thick brass banding around the ankles and calves which definitely uh, adds to the weight right and the top buckle over the shin is a plate of silver embossed with a crown and it's priced at 2500 gold wow and finally she points out a quiver of 20 crossbow bolts that are glowing with magic wow how much is on that those are going for 75 gold okay how much are the goggles the goggles are going for 500 gold i had my eyes on those last time because they're like an owl you know i like owls but I don't know if I'm gonna buy it this time because I need to, I don't have enough money. I'm sure it lets you see in the dark. Oh yeah, it probably does. I probably don't need it because it probably gives you night vision. But it's kind of fancy. That's, I know. I'm I'll tell just, you what. I'm an impulsive shopper, Uncle Frank. You have to keep an eye on but me, as man. a fighter in the dark, it would be so much better if I had some goggles like that because yeah. Elric's got his drift globe and You've got your uh, gnomish yeah. eyes. Yeah, okay, guys. And... I don't want the owl goggles. You guys can fight over them. Are you sure that's the effect they have? No. Okay. And don't tell Uncle Frank that we know it's magical. You sure look funny, though, when you put them on. They make I your know. eyeballs look really big. Look, guys, look. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to uh, give you an offer on those goggles there. I just wondered if you could knock a little off for an old friend. Who's saving the town? Who's saving the town? Who's saving, yes, the town yeah. and, you know, the various people. But that's not as important as just, you know, how far do we go back? Our history, you know what I mean? <laughs> it goes back to 10 days. Well yeah, two said, ten days. kid. Well said. Well said. He's a fine young man. He hasn't decapitated anyone in the last 24 hours, and I look over at Elric. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, I was just wondering, um, how, what kind of a, a, a score of persuasion would I need to get half off? <laughs> yes. Well, you have to roll pretty good, above a 15, but you can do it. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh. Colin, we're going to have to work on your skills. How about a little guidance? How about a little guidance? Here, let me touch you on your forehead. Give him a little kiss. Oh, you know what? I have an inspiration, but I'll still use the guidance. Go for it. Skills, persuasion, advantage. Here we go. Come on. Plus four persuasion. I have a plus four. Come on, big money. Come on. Oh, 13. Oh, too many. Well, what's... So roll a d4. Oh, 14. Oh, 14. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I'll give them to you. I think this happened last time you were shopping, too. I'll give them to you for 300 gold. I'll take it. I'll take it. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Uncle Frank? Yes? Hey. Hey. I'm thinking that I might want this vest and this jar of ash. Okay. And... I think that maybe you should give them to me for 100 gold. Cause you know, me and you were like buds. 
You are one of my best customers. Yeah, that's right. Sure, go ahead and roll a persuasion with advantage. And I tell all my friends to shop here too. Oh, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about, you know, putting a sign out front that says, those guys shop here. Yeah. <laughs> those guys. Yeah, I think it'll be good for business. Okay, so 100 gold? Well, you gotta roll persuasion. What? I shouldn't have to persuade you. Maybe a little guidance from Jake. I'll give you guidance as me. And I roll a d4. Yep. Ooh, so... Pretty good. Sure. 100 gold sounds good. And you know, I think you'll look pretty good in that orange vest there. Thanks, Uncle Frank. You know, you're the best. Oh, I thank you. You're the best. I'm going to put my vest and my uh, jar of ash and my little shopping bag here, Whiskers. Hold on to this, okay? You're such a good shopper. <laughs> okay, so who's next? How about you with a, with a big book on your belt there? Anything piquing your interest? I would be interested in this scale over here. This is very interesting to me. Um, seeing that this may be of use to, you know, help the downtrodden and the poor along our journey, uh, what say you give me a, a, a large deal? You realize also that we are really protecting the the city of Daggerford, which protects your merchant. Um, yes, I know, and I'm very grateful, which is, you know, why I told you to roll your persuasions with advantage to, you know, reflect my gratitude. And then I'm going to come up to Jake and be like, how's your arthritis today, Jakey? Are you feeling okay? Don't understand what that has to do with anything, right? Remember, now. you're old. Oh, yes. Ow! Oh! <laughs> oh, jeez, if he could only remember. <laughs> yes, you see. His hearing is going. My Everything's... neck is absolutely <laughs> killing me. I'm, gonna, I'm like kind of holding him up a little bit. It's okay. I'll rub some ointment, some unguent on it later. <laughs> what say you give an old man a deal? I'll say that I'd love to give you a deal after you roll persuasion with advantage. Ah. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> a nine. <laughs> I need to give myself... I should have given myself guidance, moron. <laughs> <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. Add a d4. Oh, can I? Yeah. Why not? We're just shopping. Ooh, maximum oh, you could four. get. Thirteen. Thirteen. I tell you what, you you look like you could make good use out of these finely crafted scales. So so I'll sell it to you for three hundred gold. Three hundred gold out of five hundred gold. Do you know it's always nice doing business with you, <laughs> my good friend. And I see you're carrying a crossbow there. Would you be interested in some bolts, perhaps? I just got some new ones in stock. I would, yes, absolutely. What say you 30 gold pieces? 30? Well, I don't know. These are well-crafted bolts. Well, we are, they are going to be put used to continuing to keep this, this town safe from the scourge of the Sword Coast, you see. <laughs> All right, very and the well. more safe gold. this town. Oh, yeah. awesome! Thank you very much. <laughs> that sounds good. I, you, you could use them. Take them. 
for 30 gold. Thank you. You are such a good man. Do you have postcards? Why, yes, over there on that rack. Okay, thank you. All right, who's next? How about you there, noble guy? <laughs> noble guy. Noble guy, Elric Albion of the Fief of Albion. You got a pretty fancy cloak there, but you know, you know what would tie it all together? Some nice new boots. <laughs> new boots? How much do you want for those boots? Well, I got two new pairs in. I got these uh, $300 boots here, and then these super fancy $2,000 boots. Oh man, these things are heavy. Uh, the 200, the, the cheaper ones. So how much were they? 300 gold. 300, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see if we can talk you down to 250. And I got my Albion Nobility Cloak on, which is plus two to persuasion. Nice. Mm -hmm. And if I, oh, and advantage. Okay, so mm -hmm. let me go to skills. Persuasion. Oh, man. Of course, he rolls good. 19. 19. Oh, man. Yeah, Elric's the persuasive guy in the group. I have a natural yeah. plus four. This is crazy. And he doesn't even have to give a speech. I know. I'm over here pretending <laughs> to have a broken back. <laughs> That's the uh, benefit of being a noble. Uh, give, just throwing money around. Give me stuff. Money it's that silver so. spoon, guys. Well, you know... Your outfit is just begging for these boots, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sell them to you for half price, 150 gold. Wow, 150 gold. Okay, so let me at least be with 491. So yeah, on the fancy boots. Hey, we got fancy boots, twins. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I am set. Okay, hey, Uncle Frank, do you have a nice practical jeweler's kit I can I can buy? A jeweler's kit. Hmm. You know, there's one around here somewhere. Hold on, let me look. Are you going to start a new hobby of carving jewels from... Well, I am a gnome, and we kind of are into that. Yeah, you but guys are into that. But it's a surprise, that, right? and you don't have to know everything, okay? Well, I would like a nice emerald. Remember, she asked for her electrum. Mm -hmm. I think she's up to something. And Uncle Frank comes back. He's like, here's one. And he uh, blows the dust off of it. And he opens it up. Let's see. Saw, hammer, files, pliers, tweezers. Yep, seems like it has all the tools in here. All right, that will be 25 gold pieces, please. 25 gold? How about 12? 12? That's a good number. 12 is a very lucky number. Well, lucky for you, maybe. Okay. But, you know, I am feeling generous today, so yeah. roll persuasion. We go back a long way, just like the kid said. Fourteen. Fourteen. I tell you what, fifteen gold and it's yours. Oh, that's a good deal, Uncle Frank. I'm going to take it. Excellent, excellent. All right, it's another good day at Trade of Tools. Here go, here go, Whiskers. Here, put this in your little bag there, Whiskers. Good job, buddy. You know what? I have an interest in maps. You know, I always have. I'll tell you what. Could you rustle me up a set of cartographer's tools? Because that's interesting to see. Cartographer tools, huh? Yes, yes. Hold on. Let me go take a look. Mahadar can give you some lessons. Yeah. Maybe you could go on a summer, like a summer, like a skills tour thing like with Mahadar. Yes. Yeah. Of cartography country. <laughs> I found one. Let's take a look. 
let's see calipers compass ruler ink parchment quill yep it's all here so that'll be 15 gold i'm you know i'm going to haggle just to see what'll happen well be my guest <laughs> see if you can give me a 50 percent discount let's see well we'll see um, no persuasion 16. Not bad, not bad. Ah, you drive a hard bargain. How about eight gold? Ah, okay. Oh, you know, I wanted to ask you, has that 10-foot pole helped you out any? I remember you were, you were quite fascinated by it. I did. It resulted in an inspiration. Really? An inspirational moment, let's say. Oh, that's good to hear. You know, I feel that all the items in my store can you know, inspire a person if they just find that special thing. You know what I mean? Yes, and I have something that you would like. Look at this. Ooh, what is it? It's my little octopus trinket you see. I found this on a quest <laughs> deep into the dungeons we were in a place unknown to most human beings you see. Ooh, I found this is worth a fortune. <laughs> a fortune, you say? Well, I don't know if I have a fortune to spend on such a trinket, though it is quite fascinating. No, no, no. See, you are a friend of mine. I would never charge you a fortune. Just a uh, fair price. What do you say, five gold pieces? Hmm, five gold pieces. Well, ask him what he thinks it's worth first. Hey. You, boy, <laughs> shut your pie hole. As Who I was saying, how to negotiate, old man. shut, and then I jab an elbow into <laughs> Cullen's ribs. Turn your back, boy. And then I, and I turn back to him. As I was saying, friend, <laughs> Uncle Frank, friend. Hmm. I tell you what, how about I give you two gold for it? It is a very interesting little work of art. How about four? Can I roll persuasion? Sure. Okay. Persuasion with advantage, even though that was with a minus one, not horrible. And that is horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Confirmed. It couldn't have been worse. You rolled a yeah. one and a three. It dropped the one. So, yeah, like I said, I'll give you two gold for it. So you rolled crap and did crap, and then you got some taken off of the crap. Yeah. So what did you say? Two gold? Okay, two gold. It's yours. Uh, yes. Okay. It's cursed after all, probably. So, you know. Wait, what? Nothing. Did you just say it was cursed? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, it sounded like you said it was cursed. Would you like, <laughs> would you be interested in a book of Thane tattoos? Ooh. It was straight from the, the Red Wizard, you see. Ooh, from the Red Wizard you captured? That's right. That's right. This, this, I couldn't get it autographed, unfortunately. He wouldn't do that for me. <laughs> but it is worth a fortune. Yes, that would be a serious collector's item. Yes. Look at it. And I fan it out, and there's like bald heads with different tattoo patterns on them. What do you want for it? I'll take that. You will? Yeah, it's cool, man. Okay, I'm so sorry, Uncle Frank. You know, I have I to. I want to read it give this to my friend. I'm going to keep the uh, Saztam history book, but but, maybe not the Thayan tattoo book. How about a copy of Thayan Fashion Monthly? Ooh. <laughs> this could be a worth worth a lot of money. It's worth a fortune, I tell you. Another fortune, huh? 
I think they only printed one of those. <laughs> All right. What kind of fortune are we talking about here? A fortune that, uh, I would say, two gold. <laughs> <laughs> two gold? One gold. One gold? Sold. <laughs> okay, so I sell then him the... As you, as you begin to hand him the magazine, Uh-oh. you hear the sound of thunder above you. Uh-oh. And then... Then you hear a voice in your head. Jake, why are you selling knowledge? <laughs> no, this is Thayan Fashion Monthly. Come on. There's fashion knowledge in there. I don't think you have something against. I know, I should have given it to him, right? Jake, have you forsaken your vows to me? <laughs> Okay, I throw him back his one gold piece and say, just have it. I believe it's knowledge, but I don't believe it's knowledge, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And the sound of thunder fades. I'm so sorry, Agma. Bless me, for I've sinned. Yes, yes, you have. making deals and stocking up in preparation for their next quest. First, they must protect the caravan heading to Jorkin, and then make their way to the infamous Forlorn Hills in search of Jack Ironfist. But the road is long and the territory is full of mystery and danger. Will Colin go on a skills tour through cartography country with Hadar next summer? How can you completely forget about a decapitated body? And are healing potions and twinkling pipeweed really all you need? Well, sounds right to me. Right, Jerry? (laughs) Totally, dude. Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so we learned a little more about Esmir's backstory. And the last time I talked a little bit about uh, how I try to incorporate backstories into the main campaign, right? And so Christine, uh, she had written um, that uh, Esmir was engaged to a cleric of Garl Glittergold named Pepper and that he had died before they got married. So I decided that this uh, tragedy would be the perfect hook uh, to start connecting her story to the main campaign, to the main story. And of course, I have to mention that the, the main hook that started this whole adventure is from Elric's backstory, right? Uh, Cliff had written up a very detailed backstory on Elric. The whole idea of uh, Albion and Raven's home, uh, his father, uh, Harold, and even the raven being their symbol, that was all from Cliff. So I knew that I was going to do Scourge of the Sword Coast at the time, and that the main hook uh, in that was uh, Sir Istival uh, needing heroes. So since Albion doesn't exist in the Forgotten Realms, I decided to make it a part of Cormir, 
where Sir Istival is from and made the connection to Elric's father being, you know, old friends with Sir Istival. And then, of course, I connected the others as Elric's tutors and a childhood friend. So that's how, you know, what kicked it all off. So backstories can be a great way to build a campaign and build one that makes the players feel like their characters have a history and a stake in the world that they're adventuring in. And uh, speaking of the world and adventuring, Roll Radio is now up on Amazon Music and Spotify. So if you use those platforms, please subscribe or follow and share with others who use those platforms. Help us spread the word. And of course, leaving a review also helps attract more adventurers. So if you have a moment, uh, please let others know why you enjoy the show and the campaign, which is, of course, Scourge of the Sword Coast by Wizards of the Coast. The Roll Radio theme is composed and produced by Andrew Capone, dash composer.com and all the in-game music and sound effects are from sirenscape.com and there are links to all that at rollradio.com all right so thanks again for listening to our 50th episode wow that's a lot of DD. and of course there's a lot more to come so stay tuned because uh, next time we go visit delphin which is always an interesting time